Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I hope you're all having a great and happy summer. You know, it's been a while since the last podcast, and this summer has already been anything, well, but quiet. Traditionally, well, at least in my recollection, June and July are typically quiet months for the mailing industry. And as many of you know, the fall mailing season is the busiest time of the year. The second busiest is usually late July and early August for back-to-school mailings. But this year is indeed very different in that we had a price increase on July 10th. More on that in a moment. And finally, a decision or really a lack thereof from the Supreme Court on the PRC 10-year rate review and expanded pricing authority. If you recall, and I've talked about this on some other prior podcasts, the Postal Accountability Enhancement Act passed in 2006 capped USPS price increases by the Consumer Price Index Urban Rate, or CPI-U, for each class of mail. It also required the Postal Regulatory Commission, or PRC, to completely review the pricing cap and methodology after 10 years just to make sure it was covering the attributable costs and ensuring a viable U.S. Postal Service. Well, the 10-year review, essentially, that the PRC did stated that the CPIU cap was flawed in that it did not take into consideration declining mail volume or coverage of institutional costs and didn't take into consideration employee health care retirement coverage. And again, that was a key part of the PAEA. Thus, the PRC revised, and some would actually say quite severely, the pricing methodology to provide the USPS with additional pricing adders. The mailing industry objected to this and filed a series of motions in uh, D.C. District Court arguing that the 10-year review did not give the PRC the ability to completely replace the pricing methodology in PAEA that Congress had devised. However, that appeal, appeal was overruled. And the National Postal Policy Council then filed what is called a certiorari. This is kind of like an appeal, certiorari. <laughs> this is kind of like an appeal, but to the Supreme Court. Look, the basis of the certiorari is that the executive branch, of which the USPS and the PRC fall under, was unconstitutionally assuming a delegation of authority from the legislative branch from which PAE was created as law. And thus, the pricing adders were an overreach in authority and should be rescinded. But unfortunately for the industry, the Supreme Court chose not to hear the appeal, and thus, the pricing adders will remain without any further industry appeal possible. Now, it is worth noting that during the Obama and Trump administrations, CPIU, which measured the urban price uh, index, as I mentioned before, was relatively low at around 2%. In fact, sometimes it was even negative. But recently, under the Biden administration, CPIU is at a 40-year high due to inflation. That by itself gives the USPS considerable pricing authority. And when you add on these pricing adders, you see price increases of 6.5% to 8.5%, like we just saw on July 10th. And since inflation seems to continue to rise at levels not seen since the Carter administration, you can already assume that January 2023 will have a price increase of about 4.5%. Of course, that assumes the, PA, uh, the Postmaster General will raise prices in January instead of banking the CPI authority until July of 2023, when the USPS could leverage the additional pricing adders. And if he does that, then we could see a double-digit increase in July of 2023. And that's a substantial increase in postage in just the past 24 months. And for some mailers, that's just untenable. Now, personally, I think the PMG will want to raise prices in January, in part, because he will need it, the revenue to help fund his massive plan to restructure the USPS net processing network. And in case you missed it, on July 5th, the PMG posted a video on link.usps.com for all USPS employees that outlines his bold plan to transform the USPS processing network 
into an advanced logistics and distribution network that seems to be focused more on shape and weight than on male class and content. Now, this transformation is part of the Delivering for America plan and represents part of the $40 billion investment the USPS is making to right-size their network for both mail and package delivery. Now, there are about 19,000 destination delivery units, and the PMG shared in the video that he wants to consolidate much of that into 60 to 75 mega sort distribution centers. These mega centers would be standardized with layout, processes, docks, equipment, and timing. Basically, he wants to follow the McDonald's model of consistency and efficiency. And while on the surface, I can understand the desire for consistency to reduce operating expenses, I'm actually very concerned that consistency of mail processing could lead to less flexibility for mailers to use shape and content to stand out in the mailbox. If you recall, I talked about an OIG report that they did back in 2019 on how mail mix matters. And they noted that the shape of the mail piece is a key factor in terms of reading and responding. I'm hoping that the Postal Service will be able to share more about this bold plan at MTAC. And in the meantime, I know there are many questions about how this will change the way we pre-sort mail and strategically induct it into the USPS network. For example, how do the sort and delivery centers, these SDCs, fit into this plan? Will they be replaced? Or are these mega centers doing some type of pre-distribution and consolidation effort first? Can the industry dropship mail into these mega centers? And if so, what type of sortation schemes are involved? And can they be mixed class bundles and containers, for example, since each one of these 60 to 75 mega sort uh, and distribution centers are supposedly going to handle all classes of mail? Also, what type of impact to service levels will we see with this new structure? I heard that in the case of North Dakota, for example, that there's going to be one mega center that's going to now kind of absorb all the processing for a number, maybe hundreds of, uh, of smaller uh, postal processing or, you know, these, these uh, delivery units or destination delivery units that are there now. So how does that impact, you know, delivery standards for, for North Dakota, for example? And of course, and finally, will these sort centers increase or decrease the amount of work share discounts that are essential part of this industry? Perhaps the most important part of this whole bold transformation plan is for the USPS and the mailing industry together to remember that this is a public-private partnership. The USPS needs the mailing industry with our address quality services and pre-sort solutions in order to achieve financial stability and fulfill their universal service obligation. And the industry needs a predictable and stable platform upon which to build our businesses so that together we can bind the nation with direct communication, whether it be newspapers, magazines, catalogs, life-saving pharmaceuticals, and of course, transactional documents. I'd like to shift now to pricing, and I'm certain that if you're listening to this podcast and it's still July, you're still probably trying to figure out the impact of the July 10 price increase on your mailings. And let me first start by saying that the July 10 price rollout was anything but a smoothly coordinated event. And yes, I know it's easy to point fingers, you know, was it the post service, was it the industry, you know, what, what was it? But the fact of the matter is there were just too many last minute changes to labeling lists and sortation schemes that, that just really resulted in all of us together, whether it be software providers or even the internal postal systems, being able to have the technology released on time with as much advance notice as we'd all like. But folks, we can't live in the past. We have to learn from it. And I'm pleased to say that efforts are already underway to try and prevent another rushed release in the future. You know, the Delivering Technology Advocacy Council 
has formed, or, or more correctly, re-implemented what's called the Postal Early Exchange Committee, or PEAK Committee. PEAK is a venue whereby the USPS and the mailing software community can have a much earlier conversation on what the USPS is planning for future sortation changes. Now, it's not meant to be a venue for discussing pricing, but rather to align product roadmaps to ensure a mutual understanding of future changes. PEAK is similar to the MSDG Committee, Mailing Software Development Committee, which is also part of DTAC, but MSDG also includes software users and other stakeholders and is really at a level of conversation somewhat higher than PEAK. Adam Koster, our, our pre-sort product manager for BCC Software, was recently appointed the next MSDG chair, and I'm certain he'll help to lead that team forward in working to avoid the issues that we had with the July 10 price increase. And speaking of price increase, people are already starting to forecast what we may see in January 2023 and July of 2023. And, you know, with inflation, as I mentioned before, at a 40-year high and approaching levels we haven't seen since Jimmy Carter was president, it just continues to climb at a rate that will just, it's, it's going to give the Postal Service plenty of pricing authority. And I'd already mentioned that we could see an increase of 4.5% for January of 2023. And fortunately, uh, the Postal Service won't be able to use any of the additional pricing adders uh, in January because I, I do believe that those are indexed to the trailing 12 months. But if you roll forward to July of 23, you should see at least another 4.5% CPI base you know, that's four and a half percent more since that January increase. That's how it kind of works. You know, what's had, what's changed since the last increase. Plus, you're going to get about two percent in pricing adders, and then you can add an additional two percent for any non-compensatory prices. So, when you add it all together, uh, July of 2023, you could see another eight and a half percent increase, just, just like what we saw uh, earlier this month. Now, PMG DeJoy did say at MPF that he thought the USPS would be in a financial stable situation by 2024. And folks, let's hope that, that the bright side of this high inflation may be an accelerated pace to that goal. But let's just hope, though, that there's still enough mail volume left to pre-sort uh, as people try to decide, can they afford to continue to mail with these higher prices? You know, finally, as I wrap up today's podcast, I'd like to remind our listeners that BCC Software is once again hosting our information exchange in Rochester, New York. This user conference is always an excellent venue to share ideas and learn about the product roadmap in great detail and let your voice be heard with how we can better serve our customers and help grow your business. To be clear, this is not a sales event in any shape or form. And in fact, it really is more of an opportunity for our product managers to hear firsthand from customers how we can make the products better and with more expanded service opportunities. There's still time to join us too. So please do visit ieuserconference.com to register. There's still time to show up and we'd love to see you there. And I also want to let you know about an upcoming webinar you should hear about soon on July 28th. I'm going to present Mitigating the Great Resignation with Automated Workflows. Now, this is a workshop that I presented during MPF that seemed well-received and, and I wanted to present it to a broader audience. During the presentation, I'll share some success stories of customers that use COVID as a positive opportunity to enhance their automated workflows. As you recall, a lot of companies had to sort of pause their operation, again, due to COVID lockdown. Well, some customers actually use that time to sort of revisit their entire automated workflow. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and share a couple of examples. I also want to share some tips on how to attract and retain key personnel to keep your mailing operation running smoothly and to be future ready for any dramatically changing postal landscape. 
Folks, I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about mail tracking or how to better automate your mailing workflows, please visit us at bccsoftware.com or give us a call. As always, we'd like to know, how can we help? Thank you for listening to the podcast and have a great day.